Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Now that was a day of college basketball. Start to finish, front to back, up and down, a college basketball bonanza on a Saturday in late December. Just incredible games, great finishes. We start today with three undefeated teams in college basketball, and we end with Zip and Pip. Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. Mike Randall here with you solo. Gus is out with his family, visiting friends, getting ready to ring in the new year. I wish I knew if he had access to the Pac-12 network. He was tw- I was tweeting away. He's out there. It was an incredible game. Arizona, Arizona State just finished. And Arizona comes away with a huge win over Arizona State in a fantastic basketball game back and forth, which really was the barometer and the measuring stick for what was an incredible Saturday of college basketball. You had undefeated teams going down. You had top 25 battles. You had upsets. You had incredible performances by freshmen across the board. Trey Young, DeAndre Ayton, Marvin Bagley. Enough. Enough. Please. Never in my life have I been more happy for cold, frigid, brutal weather here on the East Coast than I was today. Stayed inside with the kids, had the TV going, check it in, checking the computer. And I just had to come down here and talk to you about it. So let's get started. Let's take a look at some of these games. What an incredible day this was. we got to start with the number one team in the country. Villanova Wildcats go into Hinkle Fieldhouse, their house of horrors, and they lose to Butler 101-93. to Folks, Villanova has lost five times over the past two years. Five times. And three of those times, they've lost to Butler. Villanova was 14-0 last year, and they lost their first game to Butler on January 4th at Hinkle Fieldhouse. They were swept last year by Butler. Two different coaches. They have trouble with Butler. And the thing is, Butler has won these games in two very different ways. Last year, when they won at home on the fourth, it was sloppy. They mucked it up. Butler was only 5 of 20 from three-point range. They out-hustled them. They made it a, you know, a street fight. They came away with a win under Chris Holtman. This year, bombs away. Butler was 15 of 22 from three-point range. Folks, that's 68%. And look at how they ended the first half. It was a back-and-forth game, good action early on. And then with seven minutes left to go, listen to what Butler did. Here's how Butler scored from the seven-minute point of the first half, of the seven-minute mark of the first half to the end of the half. Here we go. Keelan Martin, three-point jumper. Kamar Baldwin, three-point jumper. Kamar Baldwin, three-point jumper. Nate Fowler made layup. Paul Jorgensen, three-point jumper. Paul Jorgensen, three-point jumper. Kamar Baldwin, three-point jumper. Paul Jorgensen, three-point jumper. Henry Baddeley, three-point jumper. Henry Badley made jumper. Folks, that's eight three-pointers in the last seven minutes and two two-pointers. That's 28 points in the last seven minutes against Villanova. Then we go to the second half. Butler actually keeps the foot on the accelerator, gets up 23 points, 81-58 with 10 minutes left to go in the game. They're up 23 at home. At that point, I put a tweet out and I said, Arizona State's the only undefeated team left. But Villanova, relentless. As a true champion, as a true number one team in the country, they do not give up. They go with the full court pressure and they scratch and they claw and they make steals and they get rebounds and they push the pace and they have a dunk and they get an N1 and they make a three. And Villanova gets it down to six points with 133 left and Jalen Brunson is shooting a one and one. 
They took a 23-point deficit with about 10 minutes left to go in the second half and got it down to six shooting one and one. Jalen Brunson, who else would you want shooting the free throws? Shooting 75% from the free throw line. Point guard on the number one team in the country. Who else would you want shooting those free throws? He misses the front end and he had played great. He was spectacular. 31 points. He can't blame him for missing it. He was doing it all, folks. And then Keelan Martin makes a jumper and that pretty much ends it. It was an incredible game. A great comeback by Villanova. They're just relentless. The heart of a champion. You see how hard these true championship level teams play when they're down and their backs are against the wall on the road at Henkel Fieldhouse, which is a real tough place to play. Butler shooting the lights out. They can't miss. Incredible. This Butler team had to go to overtime to be Georgetown a few, a few days ago. And here they are crushing them one team in the country. Villanova comes all the way back, plays great. Let's take a look at both teams. Butler was fantastic. Jorgensen with 23, Keelan Martin 24, Baldwin 19. Just outstanding. And nice contributions to the bench. Nate Fowler with eight, Badley with eight. McDermott, the sophomore, played fantastic. 10 points, two or three from three-point range. Butler made 14 to 18 free throws. Did a nice job there. Just a real team effort. They just hustled. They wanted it. They played great. Laval Jordan, huge win. Great win. Tremendous job. And that's why college basketball this year can be so fantastic. That a team like Butler, that can almost lose at Georgetown, barely hangs on against Georgetown, 91-89, two overtimes they needed to beat Georgetown, can go home and look so darn good. Butler's 12-3 and on the year. They lost at Maryland earlier in the season. Then they lost to Texas in the PK-80. And now they've won 9 of 10. The only exception was a loss to Purdue. No shame there, A267 in the Crossroads Classic. Butler's 2-0 in the Big East, same as Xavier. They beat Villanova, which is a huge credit to them. And here's their upcoming schedule. Fascinating. They got this game. And the funny thing was their schedule in terms of difficulty is front-loaded. There was tweets going around left and right all over Twitter about how they better get this Georgetown game because their schedule is so difficult. They now beat Georgetown two overtimes. They beat Villanova at home. Here we go. They're at Xavier on Tuesday. That's going to be a great game. Then they host Seton Hall. Then they're at Creighton. But after that, it gets a little easier. Marquette at home. At Providence won't be easy. At DePaul. DePaul played well today, by the way. Very well against Xavier. Then host Xavier. Then at Villanova. Then home Georgetown. Home Providence. Home Creighton. At St. John's. At Seton Hall. This is a tough run for them. But this was a huge get for Butler. Now let's look at Villanova. Don't worry about Villanova, folks. They're going to be fine. They have some injuries right now. They're missing a couple guys off their bench. The freshman Jermaine Samuels out with a broken left hand. Colin Gillespie out three to four weeks with a hand injury as well. Those are bench guys. And they need the bench guys. Because this game, basically, it was a start in five. And Dante DiVincenzo, who's basically a starting player as well. And that was it. They got no points from Cosby Roundtree. No points from Delaney. It's the six of them. Jalen Brunson, amazing. 12-21 from the field. 4-11 of from three-point range. Five assists. 31 points. McCall Bridges. Also great. 21 points, 3 of 7 from 3-point range, 9 of 15 from the field. Phil Booth, not great. Only 4 points. Spellman, played hard. 6 points. Needs to get more involved. Had 9 rebounds. Pascal was big. I think he's a guy who's got to step up for them now, start playing some bigger minutes. And they need him. He fouled out. 15 points for him. DiVincenzo, gutty player. Great guy coming off the bench. 16 points, 3 of 7 from 3-point range. But that's it. They're, they're light. And what you're going to see with them and Duke when we get to Duke as well, the teams that don't go very deep and don't play a lot of guys end up not playing the great defense because they're afraid to foul. So they're not taking risks. They're maybe not sliding over as aggressively as they normally would because they're worried about minutes, which is why I think Michigan State is still head and shoulders above everybody else because they are deep. But when Villanova gets a couple fouls on them and they get down, they're going to have to outscore people because they're just not going to get enough stops unless they learn how to play defense without fouling. But their bench is not big. 
So there's no way that Jay Wright can go home. Classy guy, Jay Wright, by the way, put a tweet out today congratulating Butler. Just an outstanding classy guy, Jay Wright. They can play harder. They can play harder on defense, but they, they can't reach and slap. They're not going to do that because they can't get in foul trouble. Cosby, Roundtree, and Delaney played eight minutes today total. Two and six. No points each. No field goal attempts. They have no bench right now. Zero. It's DiVincenzo and the starting five. But they're going to be fine, folks. They'll figure it out. They're so good. I think depth's going to be a little bit of an issue with a 13-1. And keep in mind, by the way, they're going to host Marquette on Saturday. And that's been a 37-day run for Villanova with only one home game. They played Hofstra on the Nassau Coliseum. They played Penn in the Jake Nevin Fieldhouse. Remember that? At St. Joe's. Gonzaga, Madison Square Garden. A lot of traveling for them. So to be fair, as Gus always says, this is the doldrums of the winter break. They haven't been home in a while. Went to Butler. Short bench. They'll be fine. Villanova is a legit championship contender. Brunson's great. Bridges is great. They need a couple guys to give them some minutes off the bench so they can play defense a little more aggressively. But overall, great game. Incredible one for Butler. Hats off to both teams. Next undefeated, I want to talk about actually the first one that lost on the day. TCU Horned Frogs at home. Conference opener. Falls. 90-89. One point loss to Oklahoma. And folks, the summary here, Trey Young is the maestro. He's the maestro. He does it all. What he's doing is otherworldly. I want to go back to that podcast that Gus and I just did a couple days ago and take back the Javon Carter for Big 12 Player of the Year comment. I really thought that once Trey Young got into Big 12 play, like there would be a chance that some of these teams, these defensive teams, TCU, West Virginia, Kansas, these athletes would be able to somewhat slow him down, but that is not the case. He does it all. He gets the ball as soon as it's inbounded, and you can't get it out of his hands. And if you do, he's giving somebody a layup. He's incredible. Jamie Dixon made a really good point after this game. If you told him that Trey Young would shoot 9 of 23 from the field, he would have taken it right away, he said. Young shooting over 48% from the field didn't have a great game. 9 of 23. It's not great. He was 6 of 14 from three-point range. That's pretty good. But for Trey Young, you got to expect that. So on non-three-point shots, Trey Young was three of nine. I think he'll take that. Here's the problem. The 18 free throws. He went 15 of 18 from the foul line. Doesn't miss his free throws. He's shooting 86% from the line, 41% from three, 48% from the field. He's not missing his free throws. He's already taken 93 free throws, folks. They've only played 12 games. I mean, he's on pace for something like 250 free throw attempts. What he's doing is brilliant. He's brilliant. He's absolutely the slam dunk player of the year right now. It's not even close. And that's saying something. Bagley's been great. DeAndre Ayton's been even better, I think. Incredible. He's setting up his teammates. Cam Augusti, who's sort of been quiet here for the beginning of the year, but he started to come on now off the bench. Cam Augusti, the sophomore last year, he was 10.9 points per game, was great. He now has four consecutive games in doubles, 13, 15, 11, and 22 points for Oklahoma. And that's huge. Oklahoma didn't make a lot of shots outside of a young. Cam Augusti was the main other guy. Three of four from three-point range. Sooner shot 46.8% from the field, 47.6% from three, 22 or 31 from the foul line. TCU played great. I don't think Jamie Dixon can be that upset. The issue is the fouls. Getting Trey Young to the foul line is a problem. Can't do that. Got to find a way around it. Brodianski at 12. Probably want a little bit more out of him. Kendrick Williams played great. 22 points. Took a three at the end. Could have won it. Desmond Bain always makes his shots. High field goal percentage, 6 to 10. Made a three-pointer, 15 points. They're deep, the Frogs. Hamdi Muhammad, the senior, 15 points. Freshman, Kwat Noy, 14 points. The issue, the issue was young. Jamie Dixon's got to be kicking himself because everything happened they needed to have happen. 
This team rebounded well. They shot 42% from three-point range, 8 of 19. Got to the line 31 times. May 21, not great, not horrific. It was Trey Young. He's the maestro. He took this over. TCU 12-1, no longer undefeated. Still having a great season so far. Oklahoma 11-1, 1-0 in conference. Only team Oklahoma lost to this year, folks, was Arkansas. I bet most people wouldn't know that. You ask most people, who did Oklahoma lose to this year? Arkansas. They beat Oregon. They beat USC. They beat Wichita. Remember that game? And now they beat TCU. What does Oklahoma have coming up? Well, I got Oak State at home. I know it's a rivalry. Oak State's going to get smoked, folks. <laughs> okay. Then, on January 6th, that's a Saturday night game. January 6th, they're playing West Virginia on the road. If they win that game, I mean, Trey Young, they should just give him play of the year right then and there. Because that's the game that I want to see. After that, Texas Tech at home, not going to be easy. At Kansas State, at Oak State, winnable games. They got Kansas at home. Then they got Alabama, at Alabama. Imagine Colin Sexton and Trey Young. Oh, my goodness. God, I love this sport. But that's the game I want to see. That's the next big one. Saturday night against West Virginia. TCU's fine. Upset they lost it at home. Definitely. Now they go to Baylor. They have Kansas at home. Then at Texas, at Oklahoma. A bunch of hard games coming up. Jamie Dixon won this one. Because now, if they somehow get tripped up at Baylor, who got the doors blown off by Texas Tech, they're going to be angry. Feisty. Now they're in some trouble. He wanted this one badly. He wanted to stay undefeated, go on the road at Baylor, and then they want to host Kansas undefeated. That's what he wanted. No problem. Hurts a little. It's a splinter. That's what this is. But what a performance by Trey Young. He is the maestro. Dear Lord. Great game. TCU played great. They opened up their 13 in the second half. They did everything they had to do. And then Trey Young, three. Trey Young set somebody up for a layup. Cam McGusty makes a shot. That's what happens. They play hard. And, and Trey Young and the comparison with Stephen Curry is real, folks. I had never seen anybody like Stephen Curry when he was lighting up the world with Davidson. Remember the game against Georgetown in the tournament? He's taking shots that no head coach anywhere would tell their kids to take. Michael Jordan changed the game because he played above the rim better than anybody else, doing things that no one ever saw. Taking off from the foul line. Dr. J did that. He was the only one. Then he's making threes. Just relentless. Steph Curry changed the game because he started taking shots that no one would ever take and making them. Incredible range. And he changes the, the game. Jordan changed the game because I had to make up the Jordan rule to stop him. They couldn't stop him. Steph Curry changed the game because everybody's shooting three-pointers. How many times do you see folks, people drive to the basket and give up wide-open layups to kick back out for three-point shots? A lot of that has to do with Steph Curry. And Trey Young is the first copycat of Steph Curry that we've seen. And he's just like him. Unbelievable. Can't wait to see how he does. Oak State at home and then at West Virginia. Boy, that's going to be a great game. Second undefeated to go down. TCU loses at home 90-89 to to Oklahoma Sooners, led by the maestro, Trey Young. And the third and final undefeated team in college basketball to go down, just finished watching it, the Arizona State Sun Devils go on the road to Arizona and lose 84-78 in a wonderful basketball game that most of the country unfortunately couldn't see because they don't have the Pac-12 network. I took the plunge. I put it on Twitter. I signed up for a seven-day free trial of Sling, Sling TV, because they do have some sort of business arrangement with the Pac-12 network that DirecTV does not. And I enjoyed it. I played through my television, enjoyed it very much. Had to see it, of course, and not going to be denied from watching this game. And I'm very happy that I did. It was a wonderful basketball game, back and forth, up and down. Mikhail Center was packed. Scalping tickets in Arizona's legal. I heard that in the pregame. So courtside seats were going for $2,500 a pop for a game in December. Regular season conference game? Tremendous. Tremendous. The difference here, folks, was DeAndre Aiden. DeAndre Aiden is that good. And that's the weakness of Arizona State, right? They have tremendous guards, three-pointers, up and down. 
They'll pressure you. They get steals, transition. Unbelievable. But Aiton is the X factor, and he played like it. Only had two fouls, which was great. 23 points, 19 rebounds, 5 of 7 from the free throw line. Don't sleep on that. Those wild shots that Arizona takes once in a while, they were one and done because he cleaned them up. First half back and forth, Arizona came out strong. Aiton was great inside. Makes moves too. You can make a strong argument he should be the number one pick next year. Very strong argument. And then Arizona State took that punch and they came right back. Really the only consistent offensive player for Arizona State was Trey Holder. And that was the problem. Holder had 31 points. He was 15 to 16 from the free throw line. Very Trey Young-esque. Very Colin Sexton-esque. Gets to the line. Just incredible. 6 of 12 from the field. 4 of 8 from three-point range. He was really the only consistent guy. Secondly, he scored on team Shannon Evans, folks. Shannon Evans came over from Buffalo with Bobby Hurley. And he's a phenomenal player. 17 points per game. Shooting great. 40% from three-point range. Here's the problem. He just struggles with Arizona. He's played three games now against Arizona in his career with Arizona State. Here are the numbers. Last year, one of eight from the field, one of six from three-point range, five points. That was the game at Arizona last year. Then they played Arizona at home. Three of nine from the field, one of three from three-point range, nine points. And this year, in this game, three of 14 from the field, all of six from three-point range, seven points. That's 22.5% from the field, 13.3% from three-point range, averaging seven points a game. They're not going to win if he does that because they need another score. Cody Justice was off a little bit, only six points, two of eight from three-point range, but he's not the all-around scorer that Evans is. Evans has got to score. Remy Martin came off the bench. He's always flammable, 11 points, did okay, but Evans has to score. And Romello White got into foul trouble and fouled out, which was the killer because he's the really only guy they have inside. Mitchell's okay, who can really pound away and try to get those rebounds. Once he fouled out, Arizona State was doing it with smoke and mirrors. I feel like if he stayed in the game, though, in the second half, it really could have got close. Second half was phenomenal. It was a game of runs. Arizona was up 39-37 in the first half and then got up by 12. Aristic dunk, about 11 minutes, a little under 11 minutes left. Then Arizona gets cold, as they can. They can struggle in offense. They're not super explosive. They don't do a ton in transition. Arizona State does. Holder went nuts. He had to carry them. 11-2 Arizona State run. Got back to within one. Then Holder made a steal. Breakaway lap. He missed it. A couple times Arizona State was way too worried about getting blocked. Way too worried. They took ridiculous off-balance shots and avoided getting blocked. You know, sometimes, folks, they're going to call that whistle. Sometimes referees anticipate. You got to take it take it right at them. Don't try to be too cute. Then Arizona made another run. They went up 10. But then Justice hit a three. Made it 78-76, about a minute left to play. And this is clear. It's very clear the roles are defined. That's why Sean Miller does a great job. He gets a lot of criticism from Arizona. So does True, by the way. All over Twitter and Reddit. I was looking at social media. They're saying, here goes Alonzo True disappearing in big games again. Because he had a bad first half. Misses first six shots of the game. They go 1-4 flat, 1-4 baseline for Trier. Goes to the basket, gets double, takes a tough shot, misses it, but who's there? Aiton. Why? No Romello White inside to box him out. Great tipping. Agile big man. Holder made two free throws, right back down, and then Trier attacks the basket, gets fouled, makes his two free throws, and that's it. Arizona State played fantastic. Bobby Hurley's all over the officials, screaming, losing his voice. I put a tweet out of him yelling at somebody in the stands. It was great. Great stuff. What do you want from college basketball rivalry and interstate game? Kidding me? They did nothing. They, they did nothing to diminish what I think about them. They're phenomenal. They're a Final Four contender. They're playing great. They're fearless. They have super quick guards. They're incredible. Arizona needed this one. This was one Arizona really needed. They've won eight straight now after that 0-3 trip in the Bahamas. And they needed this one badly. Raleigh Alkins makes a huge difference. If you don't understand how hard it was for them to play without Raleigh Alkins, you're just not paying attention. This is a team that's going to slow it down, pack line defense, help and recover. You need him in there because it makes players like Randolph and Smith off the bench playing 12 minutes now instead of playing 30 minutes. Big difference. Alkins was so key. 
Look at the box so it doesn't jump out at you. 7.7 rebounds, three assists. He just does it all. He posted up when they needed a basket. He's another ball handler. Parker Jackson Cartwright's okay. He's not a great point guard, especially when Trey Holders all over you. Remy Martin, Shannon Evans. I mean, they're going to harass you. So they needed another ball handler. And that's what it is. He does it all. He's so versatile. Rolly Alkins really is. One of the most versatile players in college basketball. Ristic's getting better. Doesn't like to bang. But if they penetrate and kick it out, he can make a jumper. Still needs some more on the boards. Only had four. But this is a great win for Arizona. Not a bad loss for Arizona State at all. Where do they go from here? Arizona need this one because now they got that dreaded back-to-back trip next week. They're going to January 4th, they go to Utah, then they're going to go home, then they're going to come back to Colorado, January 6th to altitude games. They could lose one there. This was a big game. Sean Miller knew it. After that, they should be okay. Oregon State, Oregon at home, at Cal should be fine, at Stanford, yeah, should be fine. Then Colorado home, then Utah home, then at Washington State, then at Washington. Pretty solid until the UCLA game in February. This was a very important game because if they drop one of those two games in Utah, Colorado, they're one and two. It's a big difference. Now they're okay. I'd like to see them win both. So it's Sean Miller, obviously, but if they split, it's okay. Arizona State, very similar schedule also. They go to at Colorado, then at Utah. They do the reverse. Then they host Oregon, Oregon State, at Stanford, at Cal, home Utah. So again, they have a chance to have a nice run here too. This was a very important game for both teams. They're not going to have a real, real tough game, Arizona State. I mean, you never know. They can lose one on the road to Hopkins in the zone. I mean, you never know. But overall, it's not a terrible schedule. They should have a nice record when they play USC and UCLA back-to-back and they host them actually three games in a row, USC, UCLA, and Arizona. Three consecutive home games in early February. That'll be a chance for them to distinguish themselves. So this was a phenomenal game. Well worth me getting Sling TV and setting up all the connections. Arizona State, fantastic. Did nothing to prove us otherwise. Did not get blown out. Took a couple punches there from Arizona. Fought back each and every single time, even with White in foul trouble. And Arizona got the win they needed. And Raleigh Alkins is key. Aiton's going to get better. Trier's the winning time guy who makes the shots at the end. Alkins, fantastic. They need to get some more off the bench. Sean Miller figured out. Both teams, phenomenal, phenomenal Pac-12 game. And that was the third undefeated team to go down. And the reason this day was so great is that wasn't all. Let's run down the other games we had here during the day. They made this a spectacular Saturday basketball palooza of college basketball. The one that started it all off, Duke 100, Florida State 93, at home in Cameron. Florida State was up to the challenge. They have a very, very tough start to their schedule. They open up the ACC at Duke, home North Carolina, at Miami. So this would have really set them up very, very nicely. And they battled. They hung with Duke the entire game until the very end when Duke just pulled away. couple things to talk about here. Marvin Bagley's awesome. He is a special, special player. He's been dominating from the get-go here. 32 points, 21 rebounds against Florida State. 21 rebounds. Florida State struggles in the middle. We know that. But if you take Bagley and Wendell Carter, who had 16 rebounds, 14.16 rebounds, double-double for Carter also, they had 37 rebounds together. That's two more than the entire Florida State team had. Unbelievable performance. Grayson Allen, solid 22 points, only 3 of 10 from 3-point range. Duval had 16 points, and he's really going to be essential. If you look at these teams, as Oklahoma with Trey Young, Arizona State with Trey Holder. You look at these teams... They have a great point guard who can get in the lane and break people down off the dribble and set up the teammates. I don't know if Duval is at that level yet. I don't. If he gets there, this team is so dangerous. But that really is the key. Gary Trent Jr., 13 points, 7 rebounds, solid, not great, only 4-16 from the field. Florida State plays great defense. You know that. They're going to get up in your face. But as we saw with Villanova as well, no bench here. 
Alex O'Connell had a three. Goldwire, zero points. Bolden. Marcus Bolden. Oh, dear Lord. No points. And Delorier, no points. So again, this is not a team, Duke, that I think Coach K can have go out and really lock you down. They have to outscore you because that's the way they are. They just don't have a deep bench. Bagley was phenomenal. And Florida State, great defense. Only 8 of 30, 26% at home, Duke, from three-point range. That's rare. Florida State, they scored for the most part. Kofer was great. 28 points, 6 rebounds, 6 of 10 from three-point range. He was scoring. Angola, 23 points, 5 of 12 from three-point range. They were scoring. They shot 15 of 32 from three-point range. That's 47%. Just shows you Duke's not defending. Florida State isn't exactly an offensive juggernaut here. 24 points off their bench. They did a solid job, Florida State, but the shots just stopped falling. Sometimes they go through these, these spurts where they can't score. Man was not great today, only nine points. But you play in camera, it's going to be hard. 193, Florida State loses. No shame in that. The question is, one of these next two games, North Carolina, home, which is the one they really should get. That's the one. And then at Miami, going to be tough. Those are the two games. I think if they get one, they're okay. You could argue they still should be ranked, even if they lose all three, which is crazy. But Bagley's the man. Another great freshman performance, folks. 32 points, 21 rebounds. Wendell Carter Jr., 14 and 16. Duke wins, 193. We had another top 10 team go down. Texas A&M Aggies, number five in the country. Go on the road to Alabama, shorthanded, missing a couple players, get blown out, 79-57. This is a big game, big game for Alabama. They had a horrific performance against Texas a couple days ago. Made no sense, just lackluster. Didn't even seem to to be involved in that game. Come home with a big win. Now, Texas A&M, no problem here. DJ Hogue out for three games, suspension, violation of school policy. Admon Gilder out with a knee injury. So they're missing their leading scorer. And they're top two players in minutes per game. So this is not the Texas A&MT that's number five in the country. But it doesn't matter. Because sometimes a win, regardless of who you get it against and who's playing, who's not, can get your team on a roll. This was the SEC opener. It's a big win for Alabama. No one's going to remember back in March, folks, when we talk about the seeing that Alabama beat a shorthanded Texas A&M team. It's a win. A win is a win. And this can jumpstart them. Alabama, no Riley Norris. He's out for the year. With an injury, it was announced by Avery Johnson as well. So they're a little shorthanded, but Texas A&M certainly was. Texas A&M was 0 of 10 from three-point range in the first half. 0 of 10. 2 of 21 for the game, 9.5%. I mean, you're not going to win a game like that. They did what they could. They battled. Robert Williams at 14 points. Tyler Davis at 14 points. That's pretty much it. But when you have a player like Colin Sexton, he's the SEC's leading scorer. He makes everything go, just like these guards we talked about. Sexton at 16 points, 9 of 10 from the free throw line. He gets to the free throw line double digits every single time. Wasn't great from three-point range, 1 of 6. John Petty was rolling, had five threes. Ingram had a three. Dante Hall. I love Dante Hall. Just a great kid, great guy, works hard. He's getting better each and every game. You can see it. 17 points, two blocks, six rebounds. Incredible. Braxton Key, only two points. He's still working his way back in. But this is a big win for Alabama. They beat number five, Texas A&M, 79-57, 1-0, folks. And this is big because Alabama now goes on the road at Vandy. That is not going to be easy. It's a game that they should get. It's a game that can really solidify their start. They have to go at Vandy, then at Georgia, then home to South Carolina, then at LSU, then the big game home Auburn, which I know a lot of people are waiting for. That This is a nice run. If they can get going here and get this at Vandy game, then they're at Georgia. If they get those two, they should beat South Carolina home. Go on the road against Will Wade at LSU. But folks, if you're not going to beat LSU this year in the SEC, I mean, you're not going to get a much easier game than that. There's, there's no easy game in this league. They had eight teams in the RPI top 50, something like that. Then they got Auburn home on the 17th. So big win for Alabama. This could really get them rolling. Remember, I believe in Alabama. Great guard play. Great coach coming from the pros. 
Hall's getting better. They should be very good. Texas A&M now gets tricky. Shorthanded. Bad time for Ho to get suspended. Bad time for Gilda to get hurt. Now they got to host Florida on January 2nd, 9 o'clock. Great game that's going to be. Florida looks like they turned it around after today. They're rolling again. Then they got LSU at home before they got to go at Kentucky, at Tennessee. Tough run for Texas A&M. So bad time for injuries, bad time for the suspension for Hogue. But that, folks, that's what happens in college basketball. That's why you got to have a deep team. You got to have a bench. Texas A&M has been very, very impressive this year. Only a second loss. Only a loss was Arizona. They've had some good wins. They open up with that West Virginia win. Oak State they've beaten. At USC they won. But they got to get everybody back and get everybody on the same page. I'm sure Billy Kennedy, Kennedy will do it. But big win for Alabama. Knocking off number five, Texas A&M by 22. And let's just finish off the rest of the top 25 here quick. Xavier struggling at home but getting by DePaul. Max Struss from DePaul stroking at 33 points just on fire from three-point range. But Xavier finds a way, and that's what you're going to find in these tough conference games, folks. There's a lot of parity, a lot of good teams. The bottom teams are no longer as bad as they used to be five years ago. DePaul is fighting. They're playing hard. Tough game on the road. Xavier found a way to win 77-72. Struss was 6 of 12 from three-point range. Xavier got 19 from Makura. Blewett had 16. And interestingly enough, Blewett did not start this game. He can't, He was on the bench and showed up late to a shoot-around. Listen, love Trayvon Blewett. Love what's going on, but he had the arrest in the offseason. Showing up late for a shoot-around? When you're a senior leader of a team that's 14-1, and one, you can't do that. He had never come off the bench since he was a freshman, so that's very odd. Something to watch there. Hopefully it's a little slip-up. But the slip-up in the summer, we forgot about, folks. But now all of a sudden, you show up late for a shooter, and it's supposed to be a leader on a team. It's unacceptable. DePaul was up eight at the end of the, uh, end of the first half. It's definitely blew it. Being on the bench had something to do with that, that's for sure. But Xavier wins 77-72. Big game coming up on Tuesday at home against Butler for Xavier before they go on the road at Providence and at Villanova. Wichita State with a nice win on the road against UConn. Again, nothing's easy. I know UConn's been up and down, but that's not an easy game. Road win is a road win. McDuffie's working his way back in, only 16 minutes, four points. But Shamit did his thing with 16. Good win for the Shockers. First win in the American Athletic Conference. They have Houston, South Florida, then at East Carolina, at Tulsa before they host SMU at Houston. And, of course, we're still waiting for that game on February 18th at Cincinnati. The Virginia-Boston College game, very bizarre game. Virginia wins 59-58. BC inbounds the ball under their basket, gets stolen. Virginia comes down, slams the ball, figure the game is over. However, the clock did not run at Virginia. There was still 2.1 seconds left. So in what I think is a crazy rule, BC gets the ball back again and a chance to win the game? That's insane. You can't do that. I don't care what the rule book says. It was a clean steal. It was a dunk. Definitely 2.1 seconds would have run off. And if not, give them 0.5. But you can't erase what happened there. Some of these referee things are crazy. I don't think it's their fault. I think it's the rules that are in place. I mean, we're looking at replays for three minutes here. There should be like a 30-second time limit. You know, in poker, sometimes you have a clock that just automatically starts running. You have to make a decision. If they can't figure out like a ball out of bounds, 30 seconds, you go with whatever the call is. That's just the way it is. But on this one, 59-58, a game that should not have been this close. Boston College having a really, really gritty season. Imagine they had Deontay Hawkins. They'd definitely be a tournament team. Going to Virginia with that defense, almost pull the upset. Something to worry about here if you're Virginia. Folks, Virginia's not going to be in the top 25 much longer. I I can't wait till Gus gets back because we're going to argue about this one. Devin Hall, one point against Boston College. And you can't tell me, well, BC's good. I can't hear it. 
Virginia, you're home. You're a top 10 team in the country right now. You're 12-1. and This is a shorthanded Boston College team. Jerome Robinson, Jerome Robinson, 29 points. And listen, he was fantastic against Duke. But if Virginia's not going to come up with a way to stop Jerome Robinson and Jordan Chapman at 18 as well, that's pretty much all BC has. They played one guy on the bench, 14 minutes, two points. So they're five guys. If you're telling me that they can't lock down Boston College, what are they going to do to Duke? What are they going to do to North Carolina? What are they going to do against Miami? Give me a break. What are they going to do against Bonzi and Matt Farrell Notre Dame? Virginia struggling. Ty Jerome, thank goodness for him, 31. Kyle Guy was off, 4-14. Just a shocking performance for Virginia. They're not going to be in the top 25 much longer. That's my prediction there for them. But one point win over Boston College, and Boston College got two shots out at the end. Incredible. North Carolina also shocking performance. Only 73-69 over Danny Manning and Wake Forest. So Wake Forest team member lost the first three games to start the year. Very shaky. Then Manning got the extension, though, and they fought back. They're playing tougher. A North Carolina team that's home, after losing a Wofford at home, comes out here. They got up 10. They could never separate. They've been struggling. And the thing is, they started like this. And I was saying they were going to struggle, but then they got hot and they started scoring and May was incredible and I kind of backed off on it. should have stayed with my initial thought. I think UNC's, they're going to struggle here. It's going to be very up and down. May had 17 and 15. He's phenomenal. Joel Berry, 16. Big shots when you need him. Kenny Williams, 13. But outside of that, Cam Johnson, 11 points, but not much outside of that, folks. They're going to need some production. Only 7 to 22 at home, 31.8% from three-point range. Against Wake Forest? After they lost to Wofford? Definitely worried about North Carolina. They got a Florida State team that they're going on the road now to play that's going to need a win in the worst way before they go to Virginia. Speaking of Virginia, outside that, Purdue rolls at home against Limscombe. Miami with a nice win on the road against Pittsburgh. A road win's a road win. Great game in the SEC. Tennessee. Boy, folks, Tennessee is 9-3. and three, But they had North Carolina at home. And they had this game on the road at Arkansas before Arkansas comes all the way back. Wins the game in overtime. 95-93. Tennessee shoots 44% from three-point range, 11 to 25. 41 rebounds, a 34 to Arkansas, pounded them. But Arkansas with a huge comeback. Tough loss for Tennessee. Still a real good team here, but Arkansas definitely a team to be reckoned with here in the SEC. Darryl Macon was phenomenal for Arkansas. 33 points, career best, and they were trailing by nine points late at the end of that, at the end of that game before a huge comeback. And then just a couple non-ranked games I want to mention. St. Bonaventure's rolling, folks. They played UMass. UMass done a nice job last couple games. Blew their doors off. 98-78. Jalen Adams is back. He's healthy, refreshed, and replenished. 32 points for the Bonnies. They're going to be very dangerous. Can we just get to that Rhode Island game yet, please? On January 13th at Rhode Island? I can't wait for that game. What a game that's going to be. Clemson looks like they could be for real. They're 12-1. and They beat NC State handily at home, 78-62. Grand Canyon, by the way, how about Grand Canyon? Everyone's hand the whack to New Mexico State, and New Mexico State is very, very good. We know that. But Grand Canyon goes on the road and plays Illinois on the road and loses 62-58, just hanging tough. Dan Morley and Grand Canyon hanging around. I thought I'd have something real funny to say about St. Mary's. Ah, oh, they went to BYU. They should have lost that game. Got the game into overtime. They outscored me in the overtime by 10. Beat BYU on the road 74-64. They're not playing any defense, folks. St. Mary's is not playing any defense. This is a team, again, without a bench as well. Landell had 31 points, 13 rebounds. I understand that. But this is not a great BYU team that lost people on the road. I thought BYU was going to take them. But St. Mary's ekes out a win. Still can't wait for those Doug, that Gonzaga double. But I do not like what I'm seeing from the Gales right now at all. And again, our Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders. Conference USA opener. Nice win on the road against UAB. 
Nick King, the real deal. If you haven't seen him, folks, look for him. We'll get Kermit Davis on soon. 30 points, 8 rebounds for Nick King in Middle Tennessee State with a big win over UAB in the Conference USA opener. And so there you go. There's the rundown. An incredible Saturday of basketball. Last Saturday in December, last real main slate of games we got here before the new year, 2018. Had to come down here and talk to you about it. Folks, if you like what you hear, we appreciate it. Of course, check us out on iTunes. Screen the screen of College Basketball Podcast. Could always use a five-star rating. If you write it, send it to us there. Tweet us at SDS Podcast or email us, SDSPodcast at gmail.com. Let us know that you did it, and we'll call you out on the show. Gus will be back soon. Happy New Year, everybody. What an incredible college basketball palooza. Hope you enjoyed Saturday. Crazy. Three undefeateds we had coming in. None of them exist anymore. Trey Young's the maestro and some great games all around. We'll see you in the new year, folks. Happy New Year. 2018 coming around the corner. College basketball better than ever. I'm to the appetite.